Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Hi! What up? How are you doing today? I'm hot. It's hot in San Diego. Um, but otherwise, I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Yeah, I saw, uh, I think Jerry posted something about uh, out in East County and Imperial Valley, how stupid oh, hot it is. I looked yeah. at like Riverside even. I'm like, nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah. It's what it was like 117 average or something like that. I'm like, right. No, it's cool. It's like I have fans going. We have all sorts of shenanigans going. So if you hear a slight hum in the background, yes. it's just me not trying to sweat my body weight, <laughs> uh, which I did at the game this Saturday. It, was, yeah. uh, it, it wasn't like a, a nice, normal, chilly atmosphere uh, that San Diego usually provides. It was a, I mean, it was nice, uh, but it was, did not have a let's wear a sweatshirt weather. Like I had my sweatshirt and it never went on. Until after the match. But alas. That's, uh, I mean, I could, I was actually camping this weekend. Uh, yeah, how was that? Friday night was nice. Um, the first play, it's first come, first serve because there's so many people camping. And so there's specific campgrounds in the Nas- Cleveland National Forest. So, so we can go out there, but we have to like hope that there's spots. So the first spot we went to, completely off the grid, no service. Um, but full, there was no spots, maybe like 20, 30 spots were full. So we're like, so we went to this other one, but it was like more like suburb, not suburban, but suburban in terms of camping, lots of cars passing by right off um, Buckman Springs, but they had service. So I was like, no, I don't want service. I do not want access to internet. I want to be completely off the grid, but you know, I don't have self-control, so I totally was trying to be off the grid, but no, didn't work. So, <laughs> but I did make it back for the match, uh, the Saturday match, like the last 20, 30 minutes. So I did see the good stuff, but we'll get to that later. So, yeah. Yeah, you you saw as much of the match as... Uh... Apparently, uh, player of the week, Alejandro Guido saw on Saturday, uh, how, I don't want to say how embarrassing for the rest of the league that Alejandro (laughs) Guido plays like 22 (laughs) minutes all week long. Like we played on Wednesday, we played on Saturday. Both of those count for this, like this week for the the team of the week Mm -hmm. did not play on Wednesday. Like wasn't even in the lineup on Wednesday. So I wasn't even sure he was going to make an appearance. He right. shows up for 22 minutes out of 180 plus and ends up getting <laughs> player of the week. Yeah. Yeah. And he, go ahead. It reminded me of, if you remember the, um, if you had listened to the, if you're listening to this and you had listened to the super pod we did um, a while back, a couple months ago, right before the season. And they were asking the player you wanted to see. And I remember distinctly remembering, okay, like, I'm not going to, like, tout, like, okay, yeah, like, we totally want him to do well. But, like, I was totally calling him out, like, come on, like, this is our number 10, like, we got to, 
make sure that he makes that impact. And uh, it seemed like he definitely did that and stepped it up on Saturday night. Yeah. I mean, just imagine that stat line. It's you played 22 minutes, you get a goal and an assist. So that is a goal or an assist for every 10 minutes you play. So if you yeah. played the whole match, he would have had, you know, uh, <laughs> nine goals, four nine goals, assists, yeah. four goals oh. five assists, or five right, goals, right, four right. assists. Yeah, it would, he would have been, uh, I mean, he almost had two goals in yeah. that 20 minutes. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's clear that that's what they brought Guido in for. I think he might have been a little bit, uh, he didn't have the space early on. But mm-hmm. now that the offense is really kind of finding out who fits where the best and who plays well with uh, with each other, right. um, I think uh, Guido is showing why he was signed here and why uh, people love him. Yes. Oh, and we should note that Chris is, if you're watching, Chris uh, may be busy, um, so he's not here with us, but he's here with us in spirit, so. Maybe he'll join us in the comments if he uh, happens to check us out. But yeah, we're, it's usually three of us. So if you're a first time watcher, you know. Correct. He so is. You know. uh, he's doing a little bit of a uh, a art project. So uh, maybe we'll see that in product oh. of the art art project soon. Nice. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, ho- hopefully, uh, he has a successful evening, uh, regardless. <laughs> Um, also on the team of the week, um, they they announced some bench players, and on the bench uh, is Trey Muse, who had a, a pretty good week this week. Um, obviously, you would love to see some clean sheets, uh, but leading the league in saves, and uh, had quite a few on Saturday that definitely allowed uh, San Diego. Uh, to be as successful as they were. A couple of nice saves. He seems to be a little bit more vocal uh, as of late. I think he's starting to really kind of find his comfort zone and how to communicate to his defenders, but also taking a little bit of a leadership role. Like I think he's been a little bit more vocal on the pitch toward officials, um, and uh, he just seems to be a little bit more comfortable. And I think this is an example of watching a goalkeeper kind of develop uh, right in front of us as we w- watch him grow as an individual. Yeah, 32 saves leads the league. Um, obviously, we played a few more games than everyone else, but as of right now, leads the league in saves. We'd like to see him get some clean sheets so we can get some free car washes. Yeah. I was so looking forward to car wash. Right? Instead, yeah. we are... Um, I mean, you can get some free Rubios. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if if San Diego wins, but no free car wash yet. Uh, other yeah. news. Um, another Guido tidbit is he is up for goal of the week. Uh, so please, um, please vote. make sure you go and vote for that. Um, he is um, amongst a bunch of bangers. So go ahead and watch that video. There's actually quite a few pretty good goals, mm-hmm. um, but not quite as much as that lovely nutmeg uh, and beat the goalie near post, which I think is the impressive part. Yeah, right. What do you think of that shot, Marissa? Um I mean, I just remember looking at, like, obviously I had already made it home by that time and turned it on and... Um, when he got the ball, like right after, I don't know if you, if you watch how many times you've watched it, but like literally 
from the ball, the moment the ball touches his foot to like the next three like strides in his in his run are like literally his legs are like so far apart. He's like, oh, I'm like on turbo. You know, it's not like, oh, I'm just going to like dribble through, you know, and maybe like shoot it at the goal. It's like, he's like, no, it's like determined. Like you could see that um, kind of like a cartoon, you know, where he just like hits the the turbo <laughs> or Mario, you know, it's like, zoom, like, and it was awesome. I really loved that part of the, it, it almost felt like I could he I could feel the confidence on the screen, like this is happening, you know. So, yeah, my favorite part had to be the oh from the crowd when he nutmegged him, like that was what starts <laughs> it off, and then it's like oh, and then like the crowd just gets a little bit louder, a little bit louder, and just explodes. Yeah, it was like I wa- I think I watched just that part, not even the goal. Like the goal is amazing in itself, but just that clip of him nutmegging and moving around i watched that part of the video like so many times before yeah. i like like the goals are pretty impressive but like oh man that just and the way the, the crowd reacts it was like almost goops goosebump level of like yeah. just exciting um he hit a post earlier right before that in the match mm-hmm. uh Trey Mews comes up with a big save and then guido puts it in uh this is the first goal during regulation in front of the supporters section uh, in Lee in loyal history. Uh, I had a chance to ask him about it. Um, We put the video clip up on our Twitter feed. Uh, He Miguel Barry knew about it and he was excited, Um, but he didn't realize that that's what that goal meant um, Mm -hmm. and how big of a deal was. And you can see how excited he is to be back, how happy he is to be on that pitch Mm -hmm. playing. Uh, You can see uh, Miguel Barry was, like smiles after the match too um oh, you can tell that they're happy yeah i was gonna gonna play this uh the clip that you posted hold on let's see let's see if i could pull it up here share screen yeah i can, I can soft shoot a little bit Ba-dum-ba-dum-ba-dum. hey uh but yeah i think <laughs> you can tell that they're playing with joy so uh here's here here is the clip you saw on Twitter that's the first time in a regular season match that someone scored in front of the supporters. Like, no way. Yeah, so, so you set a record of sorts. How does that make you feel? Beautiful. It's awesome. I was talking to my teammate Ben Spencer about it. He's like, oh, we're going to come in the second half and we're going to be able to shoot on right with the locals. So it was fun. Yeah. Awesome. Believe it, but I want That's cool. Cool. Yeah, you, you can tell that there's a lot of happiness going on in the mm-hmm. team. And I think that the if you watch it back, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about it after the Orange County match, but if you watch it back, you can tell that there's they're gaining confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still a little bit dramatic on two balls and a mic. They actually caught the clip um, that uh, Landon was like, we like drama around here. And he's like, well, I don't, but everyone else <laughs> certainly does. And I thought that was kind of, that kind of sums up the team right now is just a lot of, dramatic wins and dramatic draws so uh let's get into uh what happened midweek uh we traveled to orange county uh both of us did in person both Mm -hmm. uh two different modes of transportation we traveled to orange county to watch a match uh Mm -hmm. what was your experience like on the way up um i loved it um it's been a while since 
Uh, I've been on a bus trip. I used to do it for um, with American Outlaws, and I don't remember, you know, mini buses to show those matches in TJ, but is um, just the energy, everyone's excitement about going to a match. Um, it wasn't a super long bus ride. So I've done it on both like the professional side when I worked with the team years ago and as a fan. And this one's kind of like in between because I'm like a fan, but I'm also like when I get there, I can't be sloshed because I had tons of beer. Right. <laughs> so it was interesting. So we were in the back of uh, the bus. Uh, me, Cesar, uh, two balls and a mic, Chiva and, uh, and Tony were there in the back. And we just had a good time. It was really nice. Lots of chanting and, you know, good vibes. There were some people also from Loyal that had joined us, like some of their ticket staff. And it was really interesting, a good mix of fans as well as, you know, just professionals that were just driving up. It felt like a um, kind of like a makeshift, like everyone grassroots like let's get on the bus and go um so yeah it was really really cool and uh got home before midnight i think so um that was nice and shout out to two balls and a mic for dropping me off at home because i didn't want to leave my car uh at the in balboa park by myself <laughs> so yeah it was really nice good times so 10 out of 10 would recommend yes if you get a chance to take the bus definitely take the bus um, I think if you are intimidated by not being super active, I think that is, it's your opportunity to have conversations, um, outside of a game, like, like a couple hours before the game, like where everyone's just on high and not like really talking to each other. So there were some points where we could just like talk to the person in front, like I was talking to P and, um, some other uh, newer people on the staff of Loyal who are towards the back. So just really nice if you're not, um, if you're unsure about uh, joining the bus trip and you can um, uh, maybe get the time off um, if you don't have a flexible schedule like myself and a lot of people, then um, <clears throat> try it out. Take a day off, take an afternoon off. It'll be a uh, good, and I don't know when the next one will be. I don't think... OC is coming up anytime soon. But. No, I believe the next one is August 1st against Los Dos, I believe is the next mm -hmm. plan. Uh, but definitely check out the locals feed uh, or reach out to them. Um, mm -hmm. I heard nothing but amazing things uh, from some of the other supporters about just how well it was put together. Um, they had beer. Uh, I believe pizza was... And hard uh, seltzer. And hard they had seltzer. hard seltzer too. So I was like, yes. So I... <laughs> I, I did not ride the bus. I drove myself up. Uh, I went up early because uh, 1904 was traveling to play Cal uh, United Strikers. Um, and one of the guys in the Orange County podcast does some stuff for that team. So I wanted to go up and kind of check out the other OCSD game. Um, that one turned out not as good for San Diego um, as the uh, USL game did. But I went up early, wanted to check it out. And then, uh, then we had our live show. Um, we did a live uh, almost a quasi podcast takeover, if you will, yeah. um, of orange and black soccer cast, uh, Ray and Dylan and I do that one. Um, and it was really fun to have, uh, Tony stop by as well. Um, if you haven't checked, if you haven't seen that one, uh, orange and black just tweeted it out. They just uploaded it and tweeted it out. Uh, and 
we retweeted it. Uh, so if you didn't get a chance to watch the pregame, it was live streamed from the park, and it was a blasty blast. Yeah. Uh, Marissa, you stopped by as well, so it was like a you went straight off party bus and into yeah. a party pod. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, we were. I don't even know. We were supposed to get up there a little bit earlier. I think the bus didn't leave right at time, but I was able to make it. And uh, it's funny because I had interacted over throughout the course of pandemic and lockdowns and all of that. Um, I had interacted with these people online, Ray and Dylan followed them, you know, just because we're kind of in the, in the pod group and um, I, you, you've met them before. I have not. So it's literally just like, jumping on like, Hey, what's up? Like we're buddies. Like it was just interesting because I think that's happening in a lot of places just in supporter culture in general, because you're like, Oh, like Tony had said, I think a couple weeks ago, like it's only the second time you you guys met like you, Alan and him. And then he's like, yeah, this is only like the third time, fourth time we've hung out. And I'm like, it's so weird. Cause <laughs> we see each other like all week long, you know? So it's just interesting. Very cool. And uh, I was asked by some of the Orange County supporters if uh, San Diego would be mad if we came down. And I said, of course not. Uh, so look forward. I look forward to having some Orange County folks come down and check out a match in San Diego as well. I think one of the things that from that weekend uh, is you can be supporters of opposite teams uh, and root against or for your team or against the other team. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, if they're cool people, you want to hang out with them. You want to talk soccer. Yeah. Uh, you can hate each other for 90 minutes, but at the end of the day, we don't have to be toxic to each other. Um, we can be bantery and or, um, you know, even downright friendly to each other uh, during the <laughs> match. And I think um, Orange County, uh, they've been through a lot with that team, uh, seen a lot of success, uh, but not a lot of um, support from in the community and from the community. And we can get into why that might be um, or not doesn't really matter. Uh, but the the guys who are there, the people who are there, I shouldn't say guys, the people who are there are uh, really nice people, really great people, and it's a great mm -hmm. place to see a soccer match. Uh, so I look forward to continuing to build those relationships and seeing more loyal matches at great champion or championship soccer stadium. Not great championship <laughs> soccer stadium, just championship soccer stadium. Great park, yeah. Yeah, great um, park. They have the, the great pumpkin ball thing there during Halloween. So, um, you know, it's a really good, like, good grounds like it's Correct. orange county you know you you think traffic and but it's very open and i think that i mean the stadium itself was really nice got me I, I a did little a, bit of fomo stadium fomo <laughs> <laughs> i did appreciate the fact that uh for one of their dollar beer lines it was uh some stone brewing and mm -hmm. imported from san diego there were like this is a nice touch orange county thanks for making yeah. us feel welcome you really appreciate right. it um, so on the pitch during the match, um, what were some of your takeaways from Orange County versus San Diego? Um, the pace definitely seemed to be a little bit more, um, I mean, there, I didn't see any, a lot of disjointedness that we had seen in the earlier matches. So I was really happy about that. Um, obviously to me, you know, scoring that goal was great. Um, but I think. I'm just really like proud of how he's progressed over the last, you know, year, so to say, whenever he's played, I just feel, see more confidence from the ball coming off of his foot. So um, it was really nice to, to see that. And I'm glad we, we scored first, but 
that's about it, you know, from, from our side. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it was the fact that we, we had just played on Saturday, you know, if it was like too quick of a turnaround, like, did they get tired at the end? Um, but I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I think both teams played each other pretty well. I thought San Diego might've been a little bit lucky to get out of there with a draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, with Phoenix, we talked about it a little bit where it felt a little bit like a loss after being mm-hmm. up 2-0 and then ended up drawing. Um, but this one definitely felt more like a successful draw. And this is what we kind of talked about at the beginning of of the season is if you're drawing most g- games on the road and winning most games at home, you're putting yourself in a pretty good position to reach the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I think the funny part is uh, interviewing both coaches after the match. It was almost like I interview, we interviewed Landon, a bunch of us interviewed Landon. And then like right after uh, a little bit long while after that, we interviewed Braden Cloutier, who's the orange County coach. And essentially it was the same interview. It was <laughs> like, you know, we dominated the, the game for long stretches at the time. You know, we feel really confident. Uh, we would have liked to win, uh, but getting a, a draw against a tough when things worked really well coming off of a short week like there was all of these things that were hitting all these talking points that were all really valid like I thought both teams mm-hmm. had moments of really nice play uh, Damas who was a golden boot winner in league one a couple years ago I thought he looked great uh, he's that he was the guy up top just wreaking havoc um, and we saw that same play from Corey Herzog this come this past weekend of sometimes you just got a guy who is quick his pacey, he gave us fits and ends up uh, after kind of a, a fluky defensive play getting uh, scoring a goal. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think there are some there's some people who probably aren't super happy that we gave up a lead, but you're going against Orange County um, and Orange County had just beaten Sacramento 3 um, one. They home. score goals. Yeah. yeah, they came off. I mean, they lost a Galaxy at home for three to four to three, but they score. They can score goals. They are an offensive team, and mm-hmm. to to try and get a clean sheet against Orange County is going to be really hard, uh, and even harder probably at home. Um, I thought that the away fans made a huge difference early on, but I think everyone kind of got a little bit tired of it. Was midweek for everyone, right? We just went through mm-hmm. a big day on Saturday. Uh, away against Phoenix, this emotional draw, and now you're coming into a, a pretty tough orange. I think, again, if you put this on the calendar and say, hey, both of these are going to come up as draws, I think everyone's happy with that. Like, two road draws against probably, I mean, arguably the two better teams in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Like, Orange right. County's on 10 points after six matches. Like, they're probably going to be in second place you know, in, in a couple of games, mm-hmm. uh, they won against o- uh, Oakland. So I, I, I really think that in the grand picture of things, these two draws are pretty good, especially the win against Orange County is they did enough not to give up that lead. And you have to walk away really happy with that match against Orange County. Um, I think uh, they started to get more shots on goal. It's not like they didn't, San Diego didn't have mm-hmm. looks. Um, defensively, they were getting better. It's like, yeah, you don't want to give up a goal, but I mean, 
I thought um, TV playing that midfield role looked fun. He showed up again on Saturday. Um, I think Yarrow is really coming into himself. Uh, Mara looked pretty good. Uh, and like you mentioned with Toomey, uh, watching him score and getting a goal is, is a huge thing. We're going to need that second-line mm-hmm. goal scoring. Yeah, I think – I mean, we as much as we want wins, like you said, like I, I'm okay with a draw. For now at this point, I'm okay because it's better than a loss, obviously. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I think those four losses at the beginning of the season really kind of spoil what happened this past the past four games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if one of those is a draw, you know, m- you know, you're looking at maybe a, a, a different feeling about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that RGV match looks bad until you look. Hey, they're in first place in the Mountain Division. Yeah, uh, five wins, one loss, one draw. So it's like. That game, people on paper are like, oh, RGV is terrible. RGV was terrible, but this is one of those things in USL. Like, teams can go from 16th to 5th. Um, if you sign the right players, you get the right code. RGV is now independent. Uh, so, I think looking through that lens of the early season, yeah, you get spanked by Phoenix. All right. That happened last year. Uh, I think you get, you outplay Tacoma and they just happen to beat you. All right. That happens. Uh, Louisville in Louisville, I think a fluky goal, and that's a draw. Like, I think if that's a draw, and mm-hmm. then you win at home, draw Phoenix, draw Orange County, everyone feels fine. Yeah. Uh, but right. I think that Louisville really kind of really put people over. And so hopefully yeah. we turn a corner. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see this coming Saturday if we've turned that corner. So. And then we were right back at it again this past Saturday. Now you said you oh, didn't yeah. ca- you didn't catch uh you caught the last little bit of this live. Yeah. Um what did you notice from the end of the match? Um I noticed that they didn't just give up. I felt like the energy was really really high um even though they were down. Um so I think that was really important. I think um I don't know if it's a combination, I don't know if it's strictly the supporters. Um, I'm not going to downplay the supporters because I think they're very important, but um, you know, just a combination combination of continuing to play together, more practices, you know, obviously we, <clears throat> we have Miguel Berry now and Guido and um, obviously super different um, combinations up there. But um, I mean, I didn't, and I don't know if that's because of how I've seen them play over the last couple matches, but I didn't have any doubt that they would like let this slip again. Like, I guess, I don't know if that's my optimism or the fact that I really wanted it to end to one as usual. Uh, but I mean, uh, you know, as far as tactical things, you know, you're, you're better at explaining those specific things, but just in terms of the flow, like it didn't, it's still, you know, like I said before, it didn't seem disjointed. Um, and maybe I'm repeating myself, but, you know, we, we need to just keep seeing this good positive movement and looks to be like confidence, I guess, on the pitch um, of the fact that they're going to come back and they're go- or they're going to score and win the, win, uh, win the matches. Um, that's really where, where I'm seeing it. Like I don't, it's USL. It's hard to have this like 
you know, top level, like, oh, this is the quality that needs to be done because I'm a huge, like, English English Premier League fan. But, um, you know, it's definitely changed in the last couple of matches from my perspective and my just viewing it, right, not analyzing each pass or whatever. So, Yeah, I, I mean, I think the combination of Miguel Berry and Corey Herzog is a great combination. I think they talked about this on... Um, if you watch back the, if you didn't watch it in person, you're going to watch it back on ESPN plus, um, Jack and Shannon were really talking about Miguel Berry being this kind of target guy, this big, tall guy that really kind of, uh, allows some outlet passes. And then Corey Herzog gets to run underneath him. Now, early in the season, you saw Corey Herzog kind of playing more of a number nine or a striker role. Mm -hmm. And, that's not necessarily Corey Herzog's like strength. He's not a pure striker. Like when you think about Miguel Berry, uh, you can see kind of the difference in their games. Like that's mm-hmm. not something that's like, oh, you need to be a trained soccer. Like anyone can watch the game and be like, oh, that guy plays differently than this guy does. And when what you see with Corey Herzog is he drops back a little bit further and allows Miguel Berry to play up top. Um mm-hmm. And then um, sometimes they swap. Like sometimes uh, there's a couple times where Herzog was kind of that outlet guy and they allowed him to run onto the ball. But if you look at some of those opportunities, there's like a really great one where he almost scored. He puts it off to Jack Blake to the right. And then Jack Blake cuts it back to him kind of on where that penalty spot is. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of the striker that Corey Herzog is. He's not the guy who's going to be the guy up front. He's not a Romelu Lukaku, right, if we're going to talk about European football. He's this guy that's going to come in, the second guy into the box, the guy who peels off. Um, Almost almost like a quasi-10 where if you saw like Guido does this from time to time too, Mm -hmm. or or Guido scored against uh, Vegas. He kind of peeled back and allowed Barry to move in. Guido peels back, and Herzog likes to do that as well. Uh, and mm-hmm. I thought he played, I thought Herzog played really well. Um, obviously, Miguel Berry had quite a wonderful night. Yeah. Um, on the back end, uh, TV playing kind of this midfield role. Um, his average mm-hmm. position was like straight in the middle of the park, like in the middle, in the middle. And that really shows that we're, we're having this kind of what's called a, like a double pivot um, where you have this like holding midfielder kind of guy. Uh, and I really like him in that role. It gives us some defensive stability where it's kind of three, but it's not really three. He kind of sits in front of that back line. Mm-hmm. And I really like that look for him. He's got some passing ability, but also he made two really nice slide tackles earlier in the match against Orange County. Um, and this allows Jack Metcalf to get higher and that center back on the right to come out a little bit further. Because remember, Santi Mora was taking advantage of that space behind Jack Metcalf. This mm-hmm. allows Jack Mayer to drop a little bit further to the right, knowing that TV can drop back. Um, Callum Montgomery got a start. I thought he looked pretty good. Um, Canadian. And then, um, I mean, Trey Muse obviously had a great match. Uh, Los Dos is, is a good quality soccer team. Uh, you can tell that Chris passes. Uh, they play a lot of one-touch things that really kind of pulled San Diego out a little bit. Um, and they had definitely had some opportunities. Uh, it was, um, there were a couple of saves that Trey Muse made that probably go in against other keepers. Uh, I thought the goal that they did give up was a little bit unfortunate. It was a kind of like a deflection in. You can tell right. by the way that, 
Um, Trey Muse was leaning to his right, and it kind of tipped just back to the left. Uh, so I thought he was a little unlucky with that. Um, but that's one of those things where it's, I mean, this is what we talk about with Tumi Moshabani sometimes is sometimes you just got to shoot the ball. This is like hockey. Yeah. You shoot the ball or you shoot the puck into the crease and who knows what kind of bounce you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought overall San Diego did a really good job of controlling the play. Los Dos had a couple of moments here and there, uh, but San Diego finished the first half really well and then just kind of beat up Los Dos in the second half. Except for that one moment where they scored, everything else in the second half was pretty much everything was coming up Millhouse. Yeah, I mean, I think huge shout out to Trey because he even did really well in OC on Wednesday. Um, could have been worse, I think. Um, but yeah, that one that was, I forgot what minute it was, but it was towards the end where they could have tied it up again. Um, you know, I th- I can definitely see where he's progressing and I don't, I, I you know, I'm, I'm assuming that it's, just getting more comfortable with the with the guys in front of him. So I'm glad that that uh, it didn't it wasn't more than one goal. Um, but yeah, you're right about the uh, the deflection. From what I saw, it was not a direct like shot the way like Guido did in that first win. Um, it was definitely it caromed off of someone. I don't know if it was our player. I don't think it was, but you can't hard to see from that angle. And and I know you want to. We want to get to a point where we're getting some clean sheets and maybe Mm -hmm. not letting in a goal every match. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, if you're only letting in one every match, you're you're putting yourself in a good position to win when you have the offense that San Diego is looking like it has. And Mm -hmm. I think looking at you know the some of the defenders that have stepped in, I think we're starting to see a more solidified back line. Um, I think there's like some moments of kind of questionable, I don't want to say questionable play, some moments of kind of a little bit of lack of concentration or just gets beat or it's like a quick throw in. I think Los Angeles, Phoenix, um, they've all taken advantage of the kind of these quick throw ins that catch Mm -hmm. oil out. And so it's just something that they can definitely work on and improve upon. Uh, when you're taking a look at their play, it's like, all right, those are mental lapses, and it's hard to right. train for those. Yeah. Um, but I think those are some things that you can clean up just by, like, as you play, people are checking in with each other, people are keeping each other um, in check a little bit. But, yeah. I mean, if you're looking at, you know, the statistics from these last couple matches, um you know, Nate Miller has always said that they're a possession-based team, and you look at the possession from the last four matches, mm-hmm. and they they hold the majority of the ball possession against Vegas, against Phoenix, against Orange County, against San Diego, or against uh, Los Dos. Mm-hmm. They have they held the ball possession. Now, possession is kind of a meaningless stat in the sense that it really doesn't give you who's going to win or lose. Right. Uh, but a team that says, "Hey, we want to be dominant in possession." Um, having the majority of possession, even against a Phoenix side where you're winning, um, I, I think shows that we're we're doing what we want to do. Um, now, Orange County, Los Dos especially, I think you're seeing a team that is finishing their chances. 
Um, and uh, not finishing changes, but finishing out the game. Um, I think that was one of the drawbacks of Phoenix is they kind of let up at the very end. Uh, we saw the opposite of that against Los Dos. Um, they really played to the last whistle. Um, there was a lot of yellow cards. Uh, Herzog got one for time wasting. Trey Muse got one for time wasting. I thought the Corey the Corey Herzog one was funny because he was like tying his shoe, and they're like, "You're wasting." It was like after the goal, even they're like, "You're time wasting." It's like, man. <laughs> Uh, Grant Stoneman. Maybe he's known to do that, so maybe the ref was like, oh, I don't know. It's, it's possible. Um, I mean, I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't put it by Corey Herzog to be um, be a little bit silly out there on the pitch. I mean, yeah. we saw that video of him asking for beer on the after show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the other thing, oh, I forgot. To say, Grant Stoneman makes an appearance. He comes back after being injured. Uh, he is on the pitch for all of three minutes before he gets a yellow card. Uh, so well, welcome back, Grant Stoneman. And again, as soon as he gets into the match, uh, he's getting a yellow card. But I think that was because there was a hard foul on Trey Muse, and he was standing up for his his keeper. Uh, and you'd love to see that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with the yellows as long as they don't add up to a red. So. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what – because I think they changed this rule – in before last season, which is why Stillman didn't get, or very few people. Did you freeze? Loyal, you've already oh, played. You've already played two. So there's only 14 games left. So it'd be really hard to get um, <laughs> get suspended, getting 10 yellow cards. You would literally need to get one uh, every single match. Um, and I think Grant Stillman really tried. I don't think he ever, I don't think he ever got there. Um, but <laughs> I thought it was funny that as soon as he steps onto the pitch, he, he is immediately <laughs> getting yellow carded. Um, so I, I thought, I mean, it was apropos, right? It was like, Hey, welcome yeah. back. Uh, the referee wanted to wish you and welcome back to make sure you got at least a stat on the stat sheet, yes. uh, before the end of the match. And it's a win. <laughs> yeah, and a huge three points. Um, San Diego is now officially in a playoff spot. Oh, if the season ended now. Correct. If the season yes. ended now, they would be in the playoffs. Obviously, Tacoma has three games in hand on them. Sacramento has one. Oakland has four. Vegas has two. Um, but... I mean, you take it when you can get them. And uh, yes, I realize that um, by the end of a, in, a, in a couple weeks, we might see Loyal drop out of playoffs just because they don't play as much. Like in the month of July, Orange County plays 42 games or something stupid like that. But as we, as we, as we learn in sports is points on the board or points on the board. And if you can get points on the board, that means you already have them versus games in hand mean means nothing um, if you uh, don't end up winning those games, right? They can just as easily okay. lose those um, lose those matches. Oakland and Las Vegas still only have one win. Uh, Tacoma just lost to Vegas and, and Phoenix. Sacramento has got one point in their past five matches. Like they lost two, draw one, lost two. So there's no guarantee that they win any of those matches. Um, and I think 
the one thing that you can have solace about as well is San Diego is only three points behind LA Galaxy, and they have played the same amount of games. So you started out the season losing four in a row, and you're still only three points behind a team that made the playoffs in your group last year. Yeah. There is hope, and it's a long season. Oh. Yeah. It is a very long season. Um, this is something I had got from Braden Cloutier at Orange County. As he says, take a look at the 10-game mark. This is what we talked about uh, the last time we talked. Look, Take a look at the 10-game mark. Once every team hits that 10-game mark, you can kind of determine what type of team they are. And with San Diego, you can see like they pass the eye test. Right. Like you mm-hmm. watch them, they look like a good team. They had quite a few moments that just didn't quite come off yet. And I think that that's also the solace of this team is, you know, you look at a, you look at how we played Orange County. You're like, okay, we can beat Orange County. You look at how they play Phoenix. Okay, we can beat Phoenix. Are you going to beat them every time? Probably not. But this mm-hmm. team has it in them to go toe to toe with any team in their division, home or away. So you have to believe that at, over a you know 32 game season, people are going to have their ups and downs, and you're going to end up winning more often than you lose, um, and that will get you into the playoffs. Like four weeks mm-hmm. is such a small. It's like just was it 10, 12 percent of the season or something. So you still have 88 percent of the season to do well with, and Sacramento has already lost four in a row. Uh, Vegas has lost, or not four in a row, sorry. They've already lost four. Vegas has lost four. Uh, LA Galaxy has lost three. So, like, you look at, yeah, we have four losses, but so does, you know, two other teams in our division. Oakland's only played four games. They lost two of them. Tacoma's only played five. They've lost two of them. So, it's like these teams might end up losing against the teams above us and, and or... Uh, so Tacoma might drop. Oakland's going to stay, might stay down. Vegas might stay down. Uh, and then Sacramento doesn't look nearly as good as they normally do. And so you're looking at like, all right, all we have to do is beat those four teams more times than we lose to them. And we're, we're in the playoffs. So that is good things to look forward to. Uh, yes, Andy King, one of these days, I will also remember when these, when this podcast starts as well. Um, (laughs) All you need to do is subscribe on YouTube and you get notified. So that's very easy. It is easy, but Andy is a little bit old, so it might take him a little while. We'll we'll talk about we'll talk to uh, for as much poo, as much poo as Andy gives me. I'm, I have to give it a little bit back. Uh, Andy, your was that your backyard? Your backyard looks fantastic. I know you've been doing a lot of work with that. Uh, so. Uh, my front yard looks like a crazy person, so I am just jealous of your ability to make your yard look stunningly beautiful. Um, let's take a look at what we have left to talk about. What will happen with Phoenix? Um, thanks, Andy. That's for you, Alan, I think. Um, what will happen with Phoenix? So I was just looking at some stuff head-to-head between them. Um and I'm trying to see, I'm trying to think if I'm going to be like Ms. Cleo here. So head to head, um, there's always been at least two and a half goals anytime they play. So I know we're going to get some goals. Um, however, Loyal has not had a clean sheet with Phoenix. 
ever in five matches head to head. So I think I want to see Trey Muse step it up and the back line step it up. Hopefully we can get a clean sheet and we can get that free car wash at home, full capacity. Hopefully. I don't know how many tickets they've sold. I don't know. Do you have intel on that, Alan? I do not, uh, but I believe Phoenix is bringing uh, about 80 of their closest friends with them. Oh, fun. Well, great. So there will be some away fans. So if you have not yet gotten your ticket, please hop on it. It's Juneteenth. It's 619 day. There's lots of reasons to celebrate June 19th at Torero Stadium. Um, Mm -hmm. And playing one of the best teams in the West is just another reason to show up and lend your support. Yeah, you're very definitely right. I'm really excited for um, full capacity and, uh, you know, it'll be warm out there. So definitely hydrate with water and whatever else you choose to drink. (laughs) But as far as on the pitch, um, you know, we'll definitely see some goals. Hopefully we'll get um, a Jack Metcalf goal. I think it's it's due. I don't know how that'll happen, uh, but we'll see. Uh, I did want to shout out Jack. I don't know if he watches our show or not or whatever or listens to the podcast, but I saw him Sunday morning um, right during the England match. Like he was getting coffee and I was getting coffee too, like like in North Park. So it was just interesting and kind of just like brings the whole USL thing. Like we'll get back to the match, but like brings the USL thing like to – realizing how um, integrated they are into our community. Um, you know, it's I'm just at the bar watching a, a match, and the guy on the team that played the night before is walking his dog and getting coffee. You know, so it's just interesting to see and how, how um, tied to our community they are. They're not, like, being bussed in. They're not, like, you know, flying their private jets in for the matches. So... Um, hopefully we'll get to see more of them out and about, um, yeah, not, not necessarily big. during to the cell, right? Not, not maybe, maybe not during the season, but hopefully they'll stick around, uh, around after, uh, just to kind of be more involved with the community, you know, as things are opening up, uh, as of today officially. So, yeah, it's, um, Phoenix, I think has been clean sheeted four times in the past three seasons, <laughs> uh, so that just gives you an idea of the yeah. offensive firepower that Phoenix can bring. Um, Santi Moar has scored in like every game, but one, I think last game was the first game he hasn't scored in the season. Uh, but San Diego's proved that they can keep Phoenix off of the score sheet for 90 minutes, uh, both goals <laughs> coming in stoppage time. Uh, so two things, number one, uh, don't uh, injure anybody during the second half, and there'll be less stoppage time, so we can win. Uh, number yes. two, uh, you got to play to the final whistle. I think um, I think maybe a little bit unlucky on the first one should have been a San Diego throw-in, ended up being a Phoenix throw-in. Um, mm-hmm. I think maybe that got to the players a little bit. They didn't get back; they were too busy kind of being mad about that, um, and maybe didn't get back in time to stop the, that. Uh, I don't really say counterattack because it really wasn't a counterattack. It was just a, a direct, uh, direct attack from the back. Um, and then obviously the last goal it was you know you got to make sure Phoenix loves to um, 
to move people around the box in a way uh, with their corner kicks. Like they like to do the near post flick onto the back post. This one was everyone crash in with one guy pulling back. Uh, I think you just got to make sure your, your set pieces are well drilled because I think that San Diego knows how to beat Phoenix in the run of play um, or at least uh, be competitive with them in order to win matches. And, uh, but it's really kind of been these set pieces in both games that really have undid Loyal against Phoenix. So you have to be very careful about who's marking what man and just being aware that don't all crash in. Make sure that every man is marked. You don't want to leave a guy on that back post alone or on that back corner alone that your goalie's coming across and he's kicking it back uh, back to the far post. That's an impossible goal to save. Right. I think Trey Muse even gets a hand on it, but that's a hard that your momentum's going to the right. You have to shift back to the left. That's a tough play. Uh, I think maybe Tony could have made that save, I believe. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I think set pieces are super important. And again, if you can frustrate Phoenix, a lot of the times they get in their own way. And we saw that with the when we were up 2-0. Uh, they just happened to uh, to kind of pull themselves together, get one back. And we saw that with the second match away against Phoenix last year when we were up early and they came roaring back and almost drew on the road. So it's very similar to our progression against Phoenix last year. Blowout early, hard-fought win slash almost draw. This year it's a draw. Now what do we do when they come to our house twice? We need to get all – We I shouldn't say we need to. It would be we can get all six points. Hey, so this Saturday, it's let's get the first three. Like, don't even worry about the next one. Let's just get right. this first three. Because I think San Diego has a team. They're rested now. They don't have a midweek. Uh, they have kind of their offense really kind of working mm-hmm. together uh, and how and, and understanding where people are going to be and where their strengths are, which didn't really exist early. The back line is getting better. Um, and more solidified and used to communicating because all, all of those guys are new. Right. Stoneman was out. All of those guys are new. So it's not like we're pick, putting in a few pieces here like, an, uh, you know, hey, we have our course eight and we're adding Aiden Quinn. Right. This is a whole new back, a whole new two center backs and a, a, a new keeper. So I think that there's some positive things that come out of this match. And the one thing that we've proven this year as well is at home. We will play the full 90 and we will go to win. We will play to win yeah. at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting uh, now that they know all of, uh, I guess, you know, like you were saying, all the different styles that Phoenix uh, attacks and scores. Um, so hopefully they just don't let up after they don't park the bus after two goals. So, uh, but and, I think I- the home advantage is definitely going to help. Oh. And I and I think that's where you know the fans can come in and really give them yeah. a little bit of that extra push over the right. line. And I know some of it might be like, oh well, you know the fans, and it's like, all right, I get it. Like <laughs> it, it might be a little bit of cliche, but no. I mean, you feel it as a supporter when you've been cheering the whole time and they score. You just have that extra energy, right. and I think that there is something to set. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, I, I think there is something to be said about um, the fact that fans and that energy that they put out can be 
um, can be felt on the pitch and that maybe it does give them that little bit of extra boost uh, mm-hmm. to get through when your legs are getting tired. Um, so uh, encourage everyone to show up, uh, show out, be loud, uh, yes. sing, cheer. Um, I heard there's a couple of boos this past Saturday, but a lot of times it was just a lot of positivity, a lot of singing, a lot of chanting and a lot of just really positive energy in that supporter section. And I really enjoyed uh, being there and, and being a part of that environment. Um, so I'm looking forward to that on Saturday. Yes. Um, any last thoughts? Uh, let's go out there and win guys. I really would love that at home for 619 day and June, Juneteenth. Um, yeah, that's my last thought. I think, you know, I don't have any, at this moment, I don't have any worries. So um, hopefully that'll remain true for the next four days uh, as we lead up to the match. What about you? Any last thoughts on this upcoming match? Uh, It'll just be interesting to see who Phoenix comes with um, on the pitch. And uh, I know we caught them without a couple of their midfielders um, who did not play. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see uh, who is healthy um, and who is able to play for Phoenix. I think that was a little bit of um, what happened against them. I thought that they were missing, uh, like, Yvonne Lambert um, was – not there. Uh, and that does make a difference, right? We talked about that with, you know, missing Alejandro Guido is we were missing that element on the pitch and you miss one player and everything else, uh, tends to work differently. Um, and you maybe aren't as strong as, you know, you, you might have been if that player was there. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see who ends up showing up. Um, on Saturday, who they're able to play, uh, if everyone's healthy for them. Uh, and I believe some of their players were with the Jamaican national team. I guess where Lambert was a national team. Um, and I'm not sure that he's back yet. Uh, so this will be a really big for Phoenix on the road mm-hmm. uh, against a quality team. Um, and Yes, I'm looking at their last match, and I do not see Aiden Quinn. I do not see Lambert. Uh, So those are some of those things where they're not at their strongest right now. They're not their peak powers, if you will. So I think it's really important to really put our stamp there, control the midfield, um, and show Phoenix we're not messing around. So that is my uh, last thoughts. So uh, hopefully we see some of you guys out at um, out and about on Friday and Saturday, um, and um, we'll if you see us, say what's up. Yeah, uh, you'll get us a coaster. Marissa's gonna bring her. Them. Marissa will promise to bring the coasters, and uh, we'll pass some of those out. Yeah, where can we find you, Alan? You can find me on at a underwood forty eight on the Twitter machines. What about you, Marissa? Find me at hashtag Marissa spelled out on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, shout out to Chris, who is not here, but it will soon be revealed why he's not here. At by Chris Walker, uh, who will join us next week. And don't forget any last words, Alan. Nope. Okay, cool. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe 
to um, us on YouTube, just hit that ring button so you'll notify, especially, and you'll get notified when we go live. And we will see you next time. Bing. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create a kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.